you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Good morning. Dude, Thanksgiving was awesome. And it was everything I hoped to be. Best day of the year, every year. I don't know. I just love it. I love it. I get so happy. Uh, you guys want to hear a cool testimony? Yeah. This one touched my heart. And um, it just, I love the way Jesus moves in our lives. And um, I was in need of the Lord doing something just different for me. And uh, this last uh, couple of weeks, he caught me off speed. And um, I have a hard time accepting gifts. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is that way. But when someone wants to do something nice for me, it makes me super uncomfortable. Uh, or when they say something nice, I just, I don't like it. I don't, can we just be done with this moment already? I don't know. Um, and, and maybe that's pride. I don't know. We were over in the building over there working. And uh, I'm doing things I've never done in my life over there. I've been, I've been a plumber. Uh, I've, I've done electrical work, which I'm, don't tell the AC, the, you know, uh, don't tell you. Uh, we've done AC work. We've done, uh, let's see, I paint it. Uh, help paint the outside of the building, and uh, now we're laying carpet, and we're over there, and we have about 14,000 square feet of carpet to lay, one tile at a time, and that's a, that's just, that's a lot. I don't know if you understand that yet, but it's a lot. It's way more than I understood before I started this project, and uh, someone said, do you know how to lay carpet? Nope. I'm going to go and figure it out. We're going to do one at a time, and so we had some folks from the church volunteer to come and kind of coach us in this project, and we started out, and it just, it was a lot, and uh, we were over there, and one day, four people that I don't know, nor have I ever met in my life, showed up randomly at the church and said, we're here to help. um, Okay, (laughs) turns out they are carpet layers, this is what they do, and they wanted to volunteer their time. And, uh, and, and their crew to help us install carpet. Uh, okay. Um, and so at that point, you don't really know if, like, this is a bad idea, like, because glue is involved, and, like, what if they're not really carpet? But after watching them for about eight seconds, I realized they knew what they were doing far more than I did, and they just started going. Well, they, uh, they worked uh, for about five hours one day and got so much done, and then, uh, to my surprise, they came back. And uh, they worked for about another five hours, and uh, then they came back again and, uh, and did it again. And so um, it's just pretty random when the grace of God visits your life and our church. Uh, and it was just a gift. And uh, that's Christ in my life in this season, where he is just doing things that I, I can't explain, and I have a super hard time with it. And uh, these guys looked at me one night and said, I heard that you've been working too much. Why don't you go home? Just, just leave. And I was like, I can't do that. And uh, then, I, then my wife called and was like, you need, to, you need to come home right now. And I was like, okay. But uh, I just, uh, yesterday was really cool. We had over 45 of us came out to help out at the church. And it was just people in every part of that building, man. And it's really crazy to see how big that building is. And uh, just to be clear, Someone asked me again this weekend, are we ready for this? No, we are not ready for this. This is childbirth. This is marriage. This is anything that is bigger than you. 
This is the call of God. There has never been a day where the Lord signed me up to something and I was like, I am ready today for this sermon. I am not ready, yet here I am. And uh, I just want you to know God is good and His mercy endures. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, would you stand to your feet for the reading of God's Word? Humble beginnings. Oh, man, is this ever. Wait till you hear uh, what the Lord is trying to say here. This is a different sermon coming from me. Uh, this, is not a, this is not a teaching. There definitely won't be preaching today. I don't necessarily know what this is. But this is the word of the Lord, and it will make sense when we're done. Uh, watch this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. And I apologize in advance for what's about to happen to those that are really good at these kinds of things. I am not. This is the record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah was the father of Perez and Zirah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Zeron, and Zeron was the father of Ram, and Ram was the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab was the father of Nashron, and Nashron was the father of Salmon, and Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, and Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David, and David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. And Solomon was the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam was the father of uh, Abijah, and Abijah was the father of Azra, and uh, Azra was the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehiram, and Jehiram was the father of Urizai, and Urizai was the father of Jotham, and uh, Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Uh, Ahaz, and Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was the father of uh, Manasha, and Manasha was the father of Ammon, and Ammon was the father of Josiah, and Josiah was the father, oh man, that's a good one, oh, was the father of Jehuchin, and Jehuchin was the brothers, and his brothers at, born at that time uh, of exile to Babylon. And after Babylonian exile, Jehuchin was the father of Shealtiah. And Shealtiah was the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel and the, was the father of Ab, Ab, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really trying here. Ab, Ab, and um, and Abim was the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim was the father of Azar, and Azar was the father of Zadok, and Zadok was the father of Akim, and Akim was the father of Eludai, Elud. Eliad, yes, and was the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar was the father of Mathen, and Mathen was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. And all of those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, and 14 from David to Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Isn't that awesome? Hey, <laughs> let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Uh, the Lord is growing me in ways that I, I choose not to uh, enjoy being grown. But um, 
a year ago, the Lord told me that we were going to do this series this month here, and here we are. I spent a lot of time over the last week um, just... I'll play this. Uh, I like doing the Bible audio, and uh, I'll play it. And so I got to hear the guy with like the perfect accent and the tone and reading all of this to me. And even though I've heard these names over and over again, um, I still can't do it. But as I begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you, why? It takes me back to when I first became born again, and I, I began to fall in love with Jesus. And uh, if you're new to the faith or you're new to reading scripture, uh, you should stop what you're reading and make sure that you're reading in the New Testament, specifically the Gospels. If you are reading the Bible for the first time, you need to be in the Gospels. And so I was encouraged to read the Gospels and read the Gospels again and again and again. And that's really where you're going to fall in love with, with the main event, and that's Jesus. And Jesus is the Bible. He is the living word. And that's just a great place to really start reading. And I remember um, the first time that I cracked this book, and I started off in the book of Matthew, and I think I got to like verse 7. And then I just skimmed over the next several verses until the name stopped appearing on the page, and then I picked it up. And I remember the second time I did this, and the third time, and I found it in Luke, and I did the same thing. And I don't know, maybe it was the first three or four years that I read the Bible that I skipped over all of these names. In fact, maybe it was the first 10 years, if I'm being really honest, that I skipped over these names until somewhere a few years ago did I realize that these names actually became more and more meaningful to me as I had journeyed through the Old Testament and realized that these aren't just names, but they're people. And these people held a very specific place in the story of Jesus, in his humble beginnings. And so I want to kind of take you into the book of Matthew with you and try to figure out what is happening. Because they're going to go from verse 17 into the birth of Jesus and telling the story of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and this wonderful manger scene that we love and the little kids get all dressed up and they sing about and it's cute. But this story in its first 17 verses isn't really cute. Uh, but so what's happening here is this guy Matthew was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus and he is a, he's a tax collector. If you haven't yet joined some of the people watching the series The Chosen, uh, it's a wonderful series, and this, this TV show that they're creating, whether it is 100% biblical or just a lot of biblical, the way that they paint this picture of Matthew really is fascinating, and how he's, has like just, he's just different, you know, and he, the way he sees things, and he's so articulate, and he, he's fascinating, and he memorizes things, and he just, he recants things, and so Mark was written first before Matthew, but Matthew has far more detail in it as it recalls all of the events in Mark. And so Matthew is going to be written with more detail, but its purpose when it was written wasn't to become the Bible. It was written for a purpose. And so this Matthew wrote the, this book to tell the story of Jesus specifically to the, to the Israelites, specifically to the Israelite people, inviting them to understand the truth 
and the story of who Jesus is. So if you would have been born an Israelite and you would have been growing up at the age of six going to school, learning the canon, learning the stories of, of Deuteronomy and, and all of the names, then these individuals in this story had far more meaning than it is to me and you because if I said the name Robin Williams, many of you, that name sticks out to you because you, there were stories that you watched with him in it. There were places that he went. Or if we said JFK, to some of you, it, 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 it rings a bell. And so to others, Jacob or Manasseh, they were a deep meaning to their families. Does that make sense? And so this was boring to me. And as I begin to ask the Lord all this week, as I listen to this over and over and over again, God, what are you trying to say? Several things stood out to me that I think we need to know, especially in this season of, of December as things are getting crazy. Some things that stood out to me about this passage is there are a few names that have parentheses around it. Where Matthew is really trying to emphasize and make a point. He does this with five names in this passage, verses 1 through 17. And he does it every time using a female's name. So when a female comes up in this story, he throws an emphasis in there. And it's kind of funny because he didn't need to say the woman's name at all to make the point. The point really had nothing to do with women. Because you have to understand culturally, women weren't important. In fact, there would be in the Israelite culture, there would be the, uh, you honored your mom, but women as a whole had, had no great value. There were, there were men uh, and then there were Gentile men, and then there were slaves, and then there was women. And so it's interesting that Matthew is going to try to make a point using women as an emphasis. And so then I'm leaning in going, well, why? Who are these women, and why are they brought into the genealogy? Because it was the man, and the seed of 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 a man who was married to a woman. So this woman had to do great things huh? for Matthew to tell all the Israelites about this great king that was born to them, the one that they should put their faith in, the one that they should understand how he is a healer and how he's redeeming and how he's, 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 he's changing and how he's uprooting and how he's, he's, he's bringing his kingdom and his wisdom and establishing and how he's Christ the king. So what did these women do? Well, I want to just take you real quick in Scripture to the first woman that they emphasized, which is interesting because they could have emphasized any of them. They could have emphasized Sarah or they could have emphasized uh, Esther. Uh, but they, 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 what they did was they went in really wonderfully here. And the first woman that they brought out was Tamar. Or the way my guy likes to read it as he reads the Bible to me, Tamar. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> that's really his voice. It's really quite, quite, quite wonderful. Um, and so let me just read to you verse 3. Man, so powerful. Judah was the father of Perez and Zira, whose mother was Tamar. What? Why did he throw that in there? Like, yeah, okay. So, but like he didn't, there was no mother mentioned before that or before that or before that or before that. 
And as I'm reading all this, I just kind of wanted to, I, I sought the Lord through this to figure out, God, what are you trying to say to our people today? And the Lord really had to break me this morning in a really humble way to show me a picture of, of some people that are going through some things. I had a crazy experience on the way to church today. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But if there was one word that I would use to define this whole story, it would be messy. This is messy. It's perfect, and it's messy. Judah was the father of Perez and Zara. So who is Tamar, this mother of Perez? So in Scripture, uh, in Genesis chapter 38, what we find out is, uh, verse 6, in the course of time, Judah arranged for his firstborn son, Ur, to marry a young woman named Tamar. But Ur was a wicked man in the Lord's sight, and so the Lord took his life. If <laughs> you got that. Whew. Some verses you just like to read over, you know? Uh, but Ur was a wicked man in the Lord's sight, so the Lord took his life. Then Judah said to Ur, Judah is dad, said to Ur's brother, Oan, Onan, uh, go and marry Tamar, as the law requires of the brother of a man who has died. So you must produce an heir for your brother. But Onan was not willing to have a child who would not be born of his own heir. So this prevented her from having children, from having a child who would bear, who would belong to his brother. Brother didn't want to have a baby with her because the baby would never be his. So he just didn't want to do that with her. So the Lord struck him dead also. But the Lord considered it evil for Onan to deny a child to his dead brother. So the Lord took Onan's life too. So then what dad decided, Judah, was that you'll have, you can have my third son. He's just really young, and you're going to have to wait for a long time. Now, culturally, you have to understand, she didn't have a home. She didn't have an occupation. She didn't have income. Life was really difficult for Tamar. And if she had to wait for years for this little boy to grow up, to become a man, so that she can get married, so that she can live with someone that would take care of her, life would be not very enjoyable culturally for her. Well, she took matters into her own hands and she decided to disguise herself, prostitute herself, and sleep with her father-in-law. She then had a baby and that baby became Perez. Now, they, could, they didn't have to tell that story. All they had to say, Matthew, all he had to say was, um, so Judah had a son named Perez and Perez had a son named but that's not the way they threw it in there. They threw some emphasis in there who was the mother of Tamar. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they emphasize this lady to remind Israel of this terrible tragedy that happened in their family? It's like a stain. Like your, Let me tell you what your family did. Oof. So then if you were to go down a little bit further, they would do... Something similar, they, they brought in another young lady, and her name is Rahab. Does this make sense? This is something that we all read over to get to the story of Jesus. But the problem is you can't get to the story of Jesus and really understand how precious that little kid is there until you understand where he came from. Because you just wouldn't really respect the reality of how beautiful this moment really is. 
unless you understood how beautiful the moments were prior. So there was, uh, in verse 5, Sal, Salmon, um, I would just call him Salmon, you know, but I don't know. Uh, Salmon uh, was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And so I don't know if you know much about Rahab, but Rahab plays an interesting part in the story and the redemption of Israel. Having come through the wilderness and crossing over the Jordan River, Rahab was the wonderful woman who helped the Israelites strategize on how to defeat Jericho. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Jericho, but then the walls were so big that they could march chariots. I, I always think of the uh, Carmen voice, you know. I go to, <laughs> and I'm really old, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and so uh, they, 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 would, they would dance and sing around Jericho, but it was really because Rahab explained to them that these people in these, city, in these gates um, are terrified of you, and they're terrified of your God. And that's when the Israelites decided that they would strategize and come up with a strategy to dance and sing around the city, which is a terrible war strategy. Next time me and my wife are fighting, I'm just going to break out into dancing and singing. I'm going to complicate her. She ain't going to know what to do. She's she, she going to have a great point, and I'm just going to start like... She, all right, cool. And so... Uh, praise the Lord. Um, so Rahab was a prostitute who invited these two men to come into her home to come up with this war strategy. And it's kind of funny that they used a prostitute to become part of the lineage of Jesus. Because if we met a prostitute, we would look at her with a different kind of tone or disdain. What if one of them came into your home or into your Thanksgiving dinner recently and they came into Jesus' family and became in a place of honor. Watch this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, actually, when they're defining the greatest people in Scripture with faith, they defined Rahab as one of the greatest women in the entire Bible, the author of Hebrews would. When they said, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute, which, that's terrible. Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people of her in her own city who refused to obey God, for she had given friendly welcome to the spies. I wonder what that friendly welcome was. Doesn't sound very godly, yet it was attributed to her as righteousness, and she became grafted in to the lineage of Jesus. Jericho would be sacked, and she would leave her, her home there and become one of the people of Israel. And then, it would, the very next thing is that we find Ruth. In the very first, same verse, Boaz was the father of Obed, and, whose mother was Ruth. Now, why would they throw her in there? Because this is all important to understand the name and the character and the DNA of who this baby is. Like, it's not just that this little baby is coming, but he came in the craziest of ways. And it's funny to me how all of us are expecting something, and nothing that we're expecting happens the way we expect it. It's like we all have unexpected expectations. 
but we don't live like that. We know that God's not going to do what we thought he was going to do, yet here he comes again. And we have to live by faith in the Lord that he's going to do something beautiful, yet it's so not beautiful in the moment. It's difficult and messy. And so what happens is there's this family in the lineage of Jesus. Now, all of the Israelite is tracking the ancestors to David. So they have a record of this. They already know whom uh, from a terrible famine in the land, and some of the people of Israel moved over to the land of Canaan. Uh, and so where they were, uh, maybe it was, uh, it was not actually the land of Canaan. It was Moab. And that's what makes Ruth so much more crazy than the other stories, is she wasn't a Canaanite. She was a sworn enemy of Israel. I mean, her people hated the Israelites. Deep at their core, they were always at war with one another. So these Israelites went there, and there was this terrible event where this... Uh, well, let me, let me take you there in Scripture. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. The two sons were Malon and Man, I mean, this is just difficult. I'm sorry. Uh, and so they were um, Ephorites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died. And Naomi was left alone with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Oprah. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. And the other uh, married uh, a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both of those boys died. Are you with me? So lady and her husband moved to a land, have two kids. Husband dies, so the lady is there now with her two boys who married two women from that culture that don't like the Israelites, and both of those boys die. And so now there's just two ladies left. One lady goes off and remarries someone in her own country, and the mom realizes she's got nothing left there because there's no one to take care of her, and so she decides she's going home. But this lady, Ruth, also realizes, you know, God's with you. I'm following. I'm going where you're at. I love you, and I want to honor you, and I'm going with you. And so all of these women's names are there to tell a story of the DNA and the passion that would live in Christ. Also, I believe that these women's names are there to tell a story of of the deep sorrow that they had in their heart and the need that they have in their heart. And then it would tell another young lady, which is really just another tragedy. They would include Bathsheba. Now, what's wild is they include the name Bathsheba during, which is really just an insult to the people of Israel, while Matthew is giving the biggest compliment that Israel had since Abraham. David was the greatest king, the greatest lover of God, had the, I mean, he, he restored the people of Israel, brought them up as a nation that loved God, wanted to build them a temple, did great things for the Lord. And they threw in this lady, Bathsheba. And I don't know what you know about Bathsheba, but this was not a good situation. David, who loved the Lord, was a great warrior, didn't go to one war, stayed home. 
And when he was home after he took a nap, he woke up one day and made a terrible decision. He saw a woman, claimed her as his own, made her come to his castle, and he had his way with her. When she became pregnant, he had his friend and hero of Israel murdered to cover up his situation and took her to be his wife. Now, whether you realize it or not, Bathsheba, if you were to think about this, wouldn't have been honored by people of Israel. She was taken advantage of in a terrible way. And she would have been the laughingstock of the people of Israel. Though she was beautiful, man, she, she, it would have been like she is the greatest gold digger in the history of mankind. But she wasn't. It wasn't her fault. She was minding her own business when she was taken advantage of. This is a terrible story with a terrible, messy scenario. But the Lord used her to bring about our Savior, Jesus. I was praying about this message, and I was having a hard time, and I, I asked some people earlier in the week what they helped me think about the lineage of Jesus and the ancestry of David and, 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 and how we got to this point. And, and a lot of people just said, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I don't know much about it. And, and I asked more people and more people and more people, and I just kept praying. Like, God, I knew for over a year. What am I supposed to say? And I prayed. I, got, I wake up generally around 3 o'clock in the morning to pray, just begin to seek the Lord. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm seeking the Lord. I already got my sermon done, but I just don't like it. And I, I came into church, same time I always do. I come in about 6 o'clock. And I don't know if you've ever gone for a drive at 6 o'clock in the morning on Sundays, but there's not a lot of people out on the road. And, uh, but it's one of the ways that I like to connect with Jesus. And the only thing that the Lord had told me that I had written in my sermon about six different places is that this story is about things being messy. This may not make sense yet, but I hope it does. This is a different kind of sermon. I was driving, and uh, I just went for a detour because it's what I like to do on Sundays, and it's how I connect with God, and there's no distractions. And there's no cars anywhere, but I pull up at this light, and next to me pulls a family. And uh, it's a husband and wife, and I can see that the wife is turned towards the husband, which doesn't look very good. And there's a baby in the back seat in the car seat, and a little kid sitting next to that baby, maybe five years old, and uh, the kid is trying to sleep, um, and mom is, is screaming at dad. And dad is screaming back. And they take off, and they get to the next light, and I get to the next light, and they have to stop, and I have to stop. And now the little boy in the back seat, looks like a boy, is, is now crying. And mom is screaming, and dad is now yelling back, and the little kid is screaming, and mom opens the door to get out of the car, and dad takes off, and mom has to get back in the car. It's like this messy, messy moment. And the Lord began to just tell me something that I think that I had to see there for me to understand it. What he wants to tell you today. December is hard for a lot of people here. There's just a lot of, a lot of pressure on a lot of you guys. And a lot of you guys have an image in your head of what life is supposed to look like. And when moments come up that are messy, 
I don't really know where to put them. But I thought to myself, it's not really fair that I define that couple by a moment that only I got to see. They had a terrible moment today. Their lives could actually be great. I don't know what was going on at all. They could have been fighting over the Cowboys and Giants, trying about how the Cowboys are really just terrible. And, I, and that kid in the back seat was probably crying because I agree. I, I think the Cowboys, you know, and no one wants to understand. I don't know what was going on. But I think sometimes we take snapshots of our life and how we got here, and we don't have a chance to see the full picture of what God is trying to say and how he's going to rewrite and redeem the whole song. I don't know if you understand this, but this whole story and all of these names are a story of redemption. There's some things that's messy in your life right now. You can't see the end of it, but I'm so thankful for the God that walks with us. He's not done yet. And he's taking terrible moments and making a beautiful story. And he used people that weren't even part of the family of God to become part of the family of God so that he can bring this little guy into the world to change the course of history and my life and your life. Matt, would you come? Ask Matt to sing a song this morning. And uh, I hope this song makes sense to you. Let me read you a quick scripture. Can I read you one, one more, just one scripture? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 19. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us the task of reconciling other people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sin against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And I just thank God that he didn't count Tamar's sin against her or Rahab's sin against her or Bathsheba's or David's or Abraham's or Jacob's because really this story is a story of a whole bunch of sinners who really, really is a gross story of names with a beautiful ending. But it's not fair to define someone by their ugliest moment. But that's what they're known as to us. But to Christ, he don't see it that way. And I'm just thankful that the Lord, he sees beauty in my ashes. I don't know what snapshot you would take of yourself and judge you or disqualify you from being part of the Lord's elect, but it's not fair. So that's not what the Lord does. Or at least, judging by the bigger picture of this manger scene, that's not what he did again and again and again and again and again. And I hope this makes sense. As we close today, I just don't. invite you into the story of Jesus' redemption. It's what he does. 
he rewrites stories and narratives. And he leaves a space of honor. Jesus washed my sin and rewrote my story. And I stand here today healed. And today, some of you are going through a season or a moment where it's messy. And I believe the Lord wants you to know that he's got it in complete control, actually. Just doesn't look right to you. That's you today, and uh, you're in a messy situation or there's something that's just messy in your soul. I believe the Lord wants to bring healing to you. That's who Jesus is. That's what he's done through time. Someone's here today and they need prayer. We're going to end with having some people down front that want to lay hands on you and pray goodness over your soul. Jesus' spirit is here today, and I'm so thankful for that. And here's how we're going to end. I'm going to just dismiss all of you guys, and anyone that wants prayer can come down front. Let people have an expectation. I just want to say this holiday season, know that like a lot of people have an expectation. I think in some ways, Matthew writing this story is an insult to the Israelites because they really thought it was going to happen a certain way, and it didn't. And for all of you that have an expectation of what life is supposed to look like and when the moment happens and it's not, I just want you to invite the redemptive power of Jesus right there into that moment where he lived. Jesus. Matthew started this book with this genealogy and he ended with this verse. To go and to make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And know this, that I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Thank you that you're with these people today, in our homes, on our drives, and at lunch. You're with us in the mess. And we can't thank you enough. We need you. And you are good. Jesus' name. And all God's people said, I love you. See you soon. We'll be down front if you want prayer. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.